Tampa Bay Times podcast on Florida education issues. I'm reporter Jeff Solichek, and today I'm interviewing Erica Donalds, a Collier County School Board member who's also the only sitting school board member on the Florida Constitution Revision Commission. Thank you very much for joining me today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. What I'd like to do is just talk about the issues of the day, you know, Florida education issues, and you are the only sitting school board member in Florida who's on the Florida Constitution Revision Commission which really is interesting to me. And so I wonder first, how did you even get there? Uh, Well, just like everybody else, I applied, put in an application for the speaker's appointments. And the Friday before the news came out, I got a phone call that I was going to be appointed and that they needed a bio. So um, I was really excited and, of course, very honored to be part of this historical process and glad that a sitting school board member is sitting on the commission. Uh, So I'm happy it's me. What were your interests in being on the commission? Were they solely education issues? Uh, no, not at all. I mean, I of course, I have a, a very strong passion for education, but I also have a strong passion for Florida. I'm a native Floridian. I'm a fourth generation, and uh, Florida has been really good to me and my family, and it's allowed me to be a success both uh, in terms of the education that's been provided but also our, our values. As you know, for free market and low taxes, and a lot of the things that actually have basis in our constitution. So, you know, those are things that I'm looking to preserve, according to my values, having been raised here in Florida and, and benefited from it. Are there certain things that you're hearing already about education? in regard to the Constitution? Because I know that I read a lot about how school choice issues are going to be a big deal in this year's revision. Well, there have been historically um, many issues and cases related to education uh, involving the Constitution. So certainly people are looking to those um, as issues that the CRC would probably look at. We've only been so far on the listening phase of the CRC. We've had three public hearings. Uh, Certainly education has come up in those hearings. Uh, Some people coming forward who are championing the status quo, not wanting to disrupt what's in place in the Constitution. Others who, um, you know, lean more towards wanting to see an expansion of school choice, as we've seen with the legislature and the, the trend places that we're going in Florida. Of course, we have a class size amendment that's in the Constitution, all the way down to the details of how many students are going to be in each class. Uh, so there are certainly a lot of education issues to look at regarding the Constitution. And in some interest, it's probably not been the biggest issue that we've heard on the listening tour so far, um, but one of the top issues. Do you think that you will be bringing forward any of your own ideas that you've heard either from your community or just from being an advocate and a person involved in schools? I can't say thus far that I've gotten to that point. You know, my my first uh, phase for my own um, development as a CRC commissioner is to listen and you know, go to all these hearings that I possibly can, listen to what the issues are. And I think all of us are charged with uh, starting with doing nothing. And that's the basis of where we where we start from. And then everything beyond that has to be uh, justified in a big way for us to actually you know, make proposals and things like that. So 
right now I'm, I'm not haven't gone beyond really listening and finding out what the issues are from the people. It's interesting that you say do nothing. I know a lot of people who say, why would I ever vote to put something into the Constitution? The Constitution is supposed to be that solid document and the laws are supposed to be what change. This is true, and, and I certainly have that mindset as well. Uh, Florida, though, as you know, has many different ways to amend the Constitution, and our Constitution has been amended in many different ways over the years. Um, so our, there are some that come to the CRC saying we should cut out a lot of the things that are in the Constitution that don't belong there and really should be handled legislatively. On the, on the other hand, because it's, it's relatively easy to amend Florida's Constitution, you have special interests who feel that if they can't get something done through legislation, then let's go ahead and try to do it through the Constitution. Well, you mentioned class size, and that's a huge one because I've been watching the legislature for years try to undo at least portions of the class size amendment and I think that this year they're going to do it would the would the CRC then maybe look at well this is what the voters said and undo what the legislature does if it does anything that's really difficult to say at this point you know class size amendment has been on the ballot twice um, once when it, it actually passed and then another time to try to repeal it which did not uh, was not successful so I think it would, would take a very strong case to do anything with class size amendment. One of one of the comments that was repeated many times on the listening tour so far was, please do not mess with the things that the voters have already decided upon. Uh, also, we now have a higher threshold. We have a 60% threshold versus a 50% threshold, which was in place when, when that happened. So um, it's going to be difficult to make changes, and I think that the entire CRC and, and what the message has been from the beginning is let's not put anything out there that isn't even close to that 50% support. The the voucher issue seems like the other one that I would imagine would be big because I know it's been fought in the courts and it constantly comes up again in the legislature. And I just wonder, I know that you are a more conservative-leaning person, if that is something that you would consider if it came forward or if it's, again, just sort of, look, it's been dealt with and it's over and we're not going there. Well, it's really interesting. I started to read the cases and actually what are the decisions that came from this word, these words on the page of the Constitution. And it, it differs across states that even have some of the same language, what the courts have decided based on that language when it comes to school choice, voucher programs, you know, tax credit scholarship programs and things like that. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what different groups bring forward, whether it's to strengthen the language, to uh, push out any type of voucher or school choice programs, or, of course, we'll have the school choice proponents like myself. I'm obviously a proponent of school choice who may want to uh, give the language some flexibility. Right now it talks about being a uniform system, and, and previous cases have taken issue with anything outside of what we see now as the public school institution uh, that would provide parents' choice outside of that and saying that that's not uniform. Uh, but public perception has changed, legislation has changed as to what constitutes uniform public education. So that's going to be such an interesting debate, and I look forward to hearing from all sides on that and, and finding out what the right way forward is. It's interesting because you also have your husband in the legislature now. Do you have conversations at home about, you know, what you do versus what he does? 
Well, we both have a, a huge passion for education, and we've been working on education projects together for a long time. So we certainly talk about education policy, and I'm very excited about the things that he has an opportunity to do in the legislature uh, toward the end of you know, looking for students in Florida, uh, you know, across our state, getting a better education, and us being a part of, of trying to influence that. Uh, so yeah, we we talk about that at home a lot, um, and. You know, we, we try to help each other out as far as, you know, thinking through some of these really complex and difficult issues from all different angles. He's got some pretty controversial bills out there, or at least controversial from the point of view of people who don't like what he's trying to accomplish. And I, I don't know how much of that comes from, like, being where you guys live and, and the dynamics of your community. And how much does that then turn around and play into what you do, either as a school board member or as a CRC member? Well, certainly some of the bills he has, like the instructional materials bill, we have direct experience with because of issues that we had here in Collier County with allowing parents to bring forth issues that they saw in uh, students' textbooks and materials that were either blatantly false um, or encouraging students to get involved politically, say, against the Keystone Pipeline. Um, and as my position as a school board member, you know, trying to pro- provide parents an opportunity to resolve those issues proved very difficult when the intention of the legislature's SB 864 a couple of years ago was not implemented by the district. So certainly that direct experience that I had here in Collier and and others that are involved with us in kind of the education movement, parent empowerment, uh, influenced his Um, being involved with that instructional material bill. Well, it looks like we're going to have to write about you guys as a power couple real soon. So, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm really grateful and blessed that we're able to do what we're doing. It it amazes me that we're even in the position, him in the legislature, me on the school board, and now on the CRC, to just be involved in these conversations because it is our passion and it's something that we want to do to give back to our community and to our state. So if anybody wants to get in touch with you to talk about issues going forward on the CRC, are they allowed to do that? Can they, like, email you or something, or do they have to come to one of those public hearings? No, they absolutely can email. Um, we, each, we, the CRC, we have email addresses, um, each individual person, and it's our first name, dot last name, at flcrc.gov. So mine is Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A, Donald with an S, Donald at flcrc.gov and I'm all ready to go organize topically for all the emails that have been coming in uh, and public feedback so that I can you know, categorize those things as we move forward. It's interesting because although I, I right now am involved a lot with education, you know, I'm going to hear and vote on things across the entire Constitution. So it's very interesting to me. I, I'm uh, definitely a geek when it comes to public policy. So I'm, I'm interested in all kinds of feedback, education, and otherwise. Well, I really appreciate you talking with me. I hope I can check back with you from time to time to see how things are going and, and what you're learning, and you can help us learn stuff too. Certainly. I'm, I'm glad to share, and I appreciate the opportunity. That's the end of our interview. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. If you want to get involved in our conversations on this or any other issue, visit our Facebook page, which is Tampa Bay Times Gradebook. You can also follow the news as it happens on our blog at tampabay.com slash gradebook. 